The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Take your Bibles with me. Turn to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, I'm going to read a few verses, you can remain seated. We'll begin in verse 11. We read here, but when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face, because he was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him. So the other Jewish people, the other Jewish Christians there in Antioch with, with Peter as they, as they fellowshiped and as they, as they ate and, and, and interacted with the Gentiles, they dissembled likewise. Insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel... I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? We who are Jews by nature are not uh, sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if, while, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness cometh by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the salvation that we have tonight. The liberty whereby we exist through the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the relationship we have with you. The closeness that we have. The freedom that we have to to come before your throne and, and pray and, 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 and confess our faults and our sins and receive cleansing and all these many, many truths. So help us tonight, Lord, as we speak about this subject. Help us tonight to examine our own selves and, Lord, to ensure that we in our hearts are not living a life that does not honor and glorify you, but one, Father, that exalts your holy name. Bless us in this time now. I ask that you would 
Bless every word I will speak. Help me only to say those things that you want me to say. Use this time to, to strengthen us and to grow us in Christ. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we see Peter having a bit of an identity crisis. We read, for before there, that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. Tonight I want to talk to you concerning the subject, who are you? Now, I'm not going to deliver a traditional message tonight with, I told Pastor today, I'm, I'm breaking from the mold of, of, of the usual. I don't have three points and an outline, and three points and, a, and an illustration. If you look on the back of your program, there's just lines. And that's not because I haven't prepared some thoughts. I have, I have my, my sermon notes. But tonight I want to share with you some things from my heart. And, and it's something that I've observed in, in the life of many people from a distance, but it's something that I myself have experienced over the past few years. And something that God showed me and helped me to realize is a real problem for a lot of people. And I'm not talking about a real problem as being a sinful thing. Please understand tonight, I'm not... I'm not trying to point fingers and say, you need to change and you need to change and you need to change. I'm not doing that. But I think it's very important that we understand who we are. And that's something that we tend to forget a lot. And we forget easily. In the passage we just read, we see that Peter behaved himself in one way, when he was out of sight of his Jewish brothers. But then, when the Jewish brethren were coming to visit, he behaved in a different way. Hence, I say he had an identity crisis. Peter was not doing wrong in his fellowship with the Gentile believers. He, he was doing no wrong God had shown him, if you remember, on his way to visit Cornelius, God had, 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 Peter fell into a dream and God lowered a sheet from heaven with all manner of unclean beasts. And what did God tell him to do? Kill and eat. And Peter said, no, 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 God, for I, I have no, I don't touch unclean beasts, Lord, and all these things. And the Lord said, what God has blessed, call thou not unclean. And he taught Peter a lesson there. And Peter learned that lesson, and so he, he was comfortable fellowshipping with these Gentile believers. But then all of a sudden, James and some of the other Jews from Jerusalem were coming through town, and what did he do? Well, he, he, he separated himself from them, and he, he developed a new identity all of a sudden. The problem is that Peter lost sight of who he was and was more focused at that moment on what he was doing. Now I'm going to explain this a little bit, but that's what I want you and I to consider tonight. 
I want us to consider our identities, who we are. And that often becomes confused with what we do. If I asked each of you tonight to write a brief summary, if I gave each of you a piece of paper and a pencil and said, just give me a summary, a brief summary, and identify yourself, what would you write on that piece of paper? Now, don't tell me. I don't want to do this. This isn't a confession. But what would you write? If, if you had to sit down and, and write a summary identifying yourself, what would you write? Well, I'm sure most of us would write nice things about ourselves, right? I'm sure we'd, we'd, we'd write things that uh, we thought would, would, would make us uh, what, we, what we believe in our minds we want to be. But now suppose I went to where you work and I pulled all of your co-workers together. And I asked them to write a summary for me. And for them to, to identify you. For them to write what they think of you. What would they write? Well, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to make any of us, I'm not trying to accuse any of us of being sinful. But I think I think most of us here, if the truth be known, live our lives with two identities. We have the identity, without, without intending to do this, we have the identity we have here. When we, when we are amongst other Christian people, we, we, be, we, we dress certain ways, we behave certain ways, we, we, we find happiness and in certain things. But sometimes, and again, not, not because anyone's wicked, a wicked person, but sometimes when we're not here, when we're away from the church, when we're at work, sometimes our, our, we behave in a different way. And how we behave and how we conduct ourselves is what people is the way people identify us. So we have two identities under which we exist, the identity of who we are and the identity of what we do. Now, the truth is that we've all been conditioned toward this from a child. We've been conditioned to think this way. It's it's just the way things are done. It's not a deliberate Defiant act against God. It's just the way things are. If you're trying to, for instance, if you're trying to identify a person who lives down the street, maybe you don't know them that well, and you're talking to your wife about them, and she says, well, who are you talking about? And you say, well, you know, you know that guy uh, down the road over there that drives the UPS truck? You know him, right? Oh, yeah, 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 well, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, the guy who drives the UPS truck, yeah. And this is just the way we go through life often, identifying people who we don't know personally and closely. It's just the way things are done. It's the way the world thinks. This is why I think Peter might have behaved the way he did. 
But Romans chapter 12 tells us, be, not, be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, the conditioning that we've all grown up under causes us to think as the world does in this matter of self-identification. We view ourselves as the world views us. In other words, uh, if, if you're a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher, if you climb microwave towers or if you drive heavy equipment, if you fix cars, if you design web pages, whatever you may do, we, we consider, we, we are conditioned to, to identify ourselves in that way. Right? And, and that's how we, we often think of other people, and, and a lot of times that's even how we think about ourselves. We view ourselves as the world views us, as others would view us, but not necessarily as God would have us view ourselves. Not exactly the way God would have you identify yourself tonight. So Paul admonished us in Romans chapter 12, not to conform to the world, but to, to be transformed by renewing our minds, by, by changing the, the, our viewpoints, by changing the way we think. And changing it from what the world, from what the normal in the world is, to what God desires. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Paul wrote, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And, and as, as we saw in Romans chapter 12 just a moment ago, our minds have become new as well. In fact, Paul even told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16 that we have been given... The mind of Christ. We've been given the ability to think the way Jesus thinks. To reason in spiritual terms. To think apart from the world and to think according to, to God's way of thinking. We have been given that ability when we were saved. Therefore, we can and must transform our way of thinking concerning these things. No longer do we think as the world thinks. No longer should I identify myself as the world identifies me. Let's take Bob, for instance. You don't mind if I pick on you for a moment, do you, Bob? What do you do, Bob? He's a mechanic, right? If, if I go to you and I say, hey, you know Bob? Yeah, Bob. Bob's a mechanic. Yeah, Bob's a mechanic. Right. So if we follow this, if we follow this thinking, what, do we, what, do we, what does Bob become in our minds? A grease monkey. He becomes a mechanic, right? And often... We view him as a 
mechanic who goes to church on Sunday. Is that the way we should view Bob? How should we view Bob? Bob is a Christian. Who happens to work on cars to make money? He could just as easily be a roofer or a plumber or one of those guys who climbs trees and chops them down. But we view him as we think of him, and this comes from the way we were raised and the way we were brought. We think of him as a mechanic, a good man, a Christian. And he goes to church, but we think of him as a mechanic. And if, if we follow that reasoning, and if Bob begins to view himself as a mechanic that goes to church on Sunday, if that's the way he views himself, then what is he away from church? He's a mechanic. So, what does he do? Well, he does mechanic things. He fixes cars. And this is true for any of us in this room. Whatever our job may be. You see, if we think this way, this type of thinking will keep me from being the servant that God intended me to be. Because on the job, in the world, we won't think about being a servant of Christ. We'll think about fulfilling the job we have to do. And this will cause us to, not, not with any malice, but it will cause us to lose opportunities to serve the Lord and glorify Him. You know, this is why the scriptures say, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. We are, to, we are to labor and to work, according to the scripture, as unto who? The Lord. So we don't want to be identified by our job, but we all have to have a job, Right? I can't pick up my phone and call PG&A and say, hey, I'm a, I'm a servant of the Lord. I can't go to work and therefore I can't pay my electric bill. Click. Pink. There goes my lights. And we understand this. We all have to work. Matter of fact, the Bible says if a man does not work, he should not eat. We have responsibilities to, 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 to provide for our family and we have we have, we have things that have to be done. We have to pay taxes and, and we have to do all these different things. And so we need, we need money. And certainly God doesn't want us to go sit in a field somewhere. and He's not going to rain manna on us anymore. So we have to work. We have to have a job. But is that the way you want to be identified? Is that who you want to be? You see, if we think that way, that this will pave the way for the flesh to take control of our life and lead us away from serving Christ. It'll, it will. It'll, it'll eventually consume us. 
our jobs will consume us and, and, and materialism will consume us and, and it will devour us. And soon one day we'll wake up and the only thing we have in our minds is making money. And, and, and it'll keep us from seeking those opportunities that we have to serve the Lord and to glorify Him in, in our daily lives. And by the way, men who work in the ministry are not exempt from this either. I know a lot of, a lot of preachers around this country, across this, this country, I know preachers who became so consumed and their focus is put so much on what they were doing that they, that they forgot who they are. I'm talking about, I know preachers who are in prison tonight for immoral acts with teenage girls or molesting small children. I know, I know men of God, preachers tonight, who, who are, 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 their lives are wrecked through divorce and, and through so many different things that, that they, they, they lost sight of who they were and became consumed by what they were doing. And, and what they were doing became more important than who they were. And before long, the flesh led them down a path they didn't want to go. I even know men who were faithful in the ministry. Who ended up down the wrong, down this path and committed murder and suicide. Listen, just because a man draws his paycheck from the church doesn't mean he's exempt from what I'm talking about tonight. Doesn't mean he won't lose his own identity. If I lose focus of who I am, a child of God and a servant of Christ, and if I focus on what I do, be it a mechanic or a computer programmer or whatever it may be, sooner rather than later, I will begin to identify myself by what I do. And before long, that will take, take over the priority in my life. And soon, I will begin to identify myself as simply an employee who goes to church on Sunday. Oh, I, I might still see myself in a spiritual light. I, I, I still realize, I might still realize I'm a Christian. And I, I still might realize I'm going to heaven but eventually, eventually the flesh and the devil will get me to identify myself by what I do instead of who I am. Because what I do will become the focus of my life. It will become the priority.
This is why countless numbers of believers fall by the wayside. They become so engrossed in what they do that their priorities change. They, they're led deeper and deeper into materialism. And they're led, from there, they, they, they're led deeper and deeper into um, careers and they're, they're, they become seduced. Yeah, they become seduced by career and opportunities, power and authority. It's intoxicating. They get promoted at work and, oh, and this and that, and pretty soon they're, they're big and powerful. But they forgot who they were. And sometimes they just don't have time to go to church on Sunday because they're too busy doing this, they're too busy doing that. Their identity, they've lost their identity. They, 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 they no longer know who they are. They've lost sight of who they are. You say, well, how, how do you, what, what, what gives you the right to stand here and say that? Because I've been there. I've been there. Four years ago or so, four or five years ago, our school was in dire straits. I had to lay myself off in order to, to keep the school going and give it a chance to try to recover and, and allow the ladies that were working here to continue to draw their salaries. I, I laid myself off and I was unemployed. And eventually I had to go out and find a job because things didn't turn around and the school didn't, didn't get back to where it could support. And, and I'm going to tell you something, and you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to set myself up as an example here, but for a period of time, I find myself, I felt like Paul, you know, where Paul said that he feared that while he himself had preached to others, he, he, would, he would become a castaway. And I felt all of a sudden I was working in corporate America and I felt like I'm just wasting my time. My days are wasted. I can't, I can't, I can't be in the, in the school and mentoring young people. And I began to become discouraged. And I, I began to become depressed. And I lost my identity. I, I didn't know who I was. And I struggled. And almost every day I take a walk during my lunch break and I pray. And, and one day I was walking and, and the Lord just said, what's wrong with you? He didn't say that, okay? I mean, I didn't, I didn't hear a voice from heaven. I'm not, going, I'm not going kook. Relax. But the Lord impressed in my, in my mind, what, what's wrong with you? Why are you so discouraged? Why are you so depressed? He made me realize, working in this building, sitting in that class over there with a bunch of kids, that's what I do. That's not who I am. He made me realize, you're a child of God. You're a servant of Jesus Christ. 
I have promised to never leave you nor forsake you. I will provide all things you need. You need to know who you are and seize every possible opportunity to glorify me. He woke me up. (laughs) He woke me up. I mean, I had days where I would literally sit there and cry, weep, because I had lost myself. I I didn't know who I was anymore. I, I didn't know what my purpose was. But Jesus reminded me. Hey, Paul. Who knows what Paul did to earn money? Anybody know? What did he do? He made tents. But when we talk about the Apostle Paul, do we say, oh yeah, that guy who went through, went, went around Rome and, and Greece and all those areas making tents, and he would go preach in the temple on, on, on the Sabbath. Is that the way we identify Paul? No. Not at all. And Paul knew who he was. And he realized that what he did did not identify him. Unless we're talking about being a servant of Christ. And we are all called to be servants of Christ, are we not? Not just Pastor Smith. Pastor Smith is not the only one called to be a servant of Christ. By the way, he's not the only one called to be a preacher. Now, he's the pastor, and he, he preaches from this pulpit and teaches us. But aren't you a preacher, too? And by the way, ladies, if you want to be a preacher, here's your chance. You can be a preacher of the gospel to every person you meet. We're all called to be preachers. We're all called to be servants. We may not all fill the office of the pastor or the deacon... I'm so tired of hearing people come up to me and say, I'm a full-time servant for Christ. Oh, really? Well, what are the rest of us? Part-time servants? Are we part-time Christians? Does that mean we're only Christians on Sunday and the rest of the week we're heathen? Because some of us sure live like that. Who we are. Listen, you don't get this right, and before long the church and Christ lose their importance. After all, you you might think, I'm only a mechanic or a carpenter or a plumber. I don't really have any spiritual responsibilities, right? It doesn't matter if I up and move and leave the church. Because I'm I'm not important. I'm I'm just a member. I just sit in a pew. No, you're not. And when you, when you begin to understand who you are, then the church becomes important. Because the church is a bride of Christ, and it's what he loves, and we love him, and we want to serve him. You see, it's not what we do that identifies us. It's who we are. When I focus on who I am, then what I am doing is unimportant. 
When I focus on who I am, what I do to earn a living doesn't matter, as long as it's honest and legal. You see, then I can learn to be content. Then I find contentment because I understand and realize that God is with me. And it is He that provides for me. And it is He that cares for me. You know, when I was a child, I didn't worry about things because my daddy took care of me. When I was a young child in elementary school, I didn't sit there and fret and worry and the teacher come over and say, Dalton, what's wrong? Oh, I don't know what we're going to do for dinner tonight. I don't know what we're going to have. I don't know how we're going to pay the electric bill. I don't know, I don't know how we're going to pay the rent. I didn't do that. Why? Because I knew Daddy was going to take care of those things. And when I realize who I am and understand that my Heavenly Father cares for me, then as long as I'm not lazy and worthless and sitting on my couch watching soap operas all day long, and I get out there and I work and I labor as hard as I can, and I serve the Lord while I'm doing it, then I don't have to worry about all these other things. And I find contentment. And then I'm happy. Then I can be happy no matter what the circumstances may be. Because my identity is founded in my relationship with Christ the Lord, and nothing can destroy that. In Romans chapter 8, we read these... Well, let's all go there together. Romans chapter 8. We're, we're right there. Let's turn over to Romans chapter 8 and go to verse 35. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, when we get this right, then we can fulfill God's purposes for us. And only then can we understand the importance of the church in our life. And only then can we understand the importance of our life in the church? Did you hear that? You'll never appreciate the church. And you'll never realize how much the church needs you until you have this right. Until you understand who you are. Who are you tonight? Are you, a, are you a child of God, a servant of Christ? What we do to earn a living has nothing to do with our identity. My focus, my identity is tied up in my identity as his child and servant. All, and all that I do is to glorify him. Whether it is repairing cars, 
designing websites, driving trucks, working on microwave towers, managing corporations, or even administrating a church. My life is his to do with as he will, according to his pleasure and purpose. We read at the beginning in Galatians chapter 2, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't know if I was able to to give you what I wanted you to hear. I, I did my best. I tried to be. I'm not the most eloquent speaker. I'm not, uh, I'm not theologically trained. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. But I do know this. Who I am is more important than what I do. And what I do, I will never allow what I do to affect who I am. And I will serve the Lord wherever I find myself. I work in a place where twice a year we sit through, we sit through meetings where we're reminded about things we can't talk about things we can't do. Twice a year I got to sit through that meeting. And I believe that as a, as a good employee I have to obey that. So on the clock I, I don't I don't the only thing I might do sometimes I'll hear people in there in the small office we work in they'll they'll yell out God's name not not cursing but they'll use they'll take God's name inappropriately. OMG, or they'll, they'll blurt out, oh, Jesus. And, and in a low tone, I'll go, you ought not do that. And they come over and say, what? I say, you ought not do that. God's name is so powerful and so holy, we should never speak it unless we're praying to him. And over time, I go I go at lunch, the days I don't walk, and I, I, I go and I, I get, go in the truck and get my Bible and sit there and start reading it. And slowly and surely, people have started coming over and sitting there and talking to me. And I realize, you know what? God put me where I am for a reason. I may not like it, but like I tell my boss at work all the time, I don't have to like your decisions to do them. Maybe that's the military taught me. I don't have to like your order to obey it. I just need to obey it. Folks, who are you tonight? Who are you? You're good people. I know every one of you. I trust every one of you. But this is easy to get wrapped up in. Allowing what we do to take the priority in our life, and, and choke out who we are. 
I pray tonight that the Lord would speak to you as he did me if, if, if you suffer from this problem. And I pray that you'd, you'd see clearly that who we are is the most important thing. And if we want to be concerned about what we do, then let it be what we do for the Lord and not what we do for ourselves. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. And Lord, I'm sure, I'm sure I didn't do this subject the justice it needed. But I know that the Holy Spirit can take anything and, and use it to your glory. So that's what I pray you will do with this message. I pray if there's someone out there who has become confused by what they do and has kind of have lost sight of who they are, I pray that you'd remind them who they are. And for others, I pray that you would help us to put up a, a watch guard to make sure that in our hearts and minds we always know who we are and that we spend every moment of our life in pursuit of serving and honoring you. Thank you for our church, and I pray you'd make it strong. And I pray you'd use us in this place to bring great glory and honor to yourself. Thank you for this time we've had now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronan Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www dot bbaptist dot org